And hello, and welcome to the Global Maritime Supply Chain Week here at FreightWaves. We're so pleased to have you as part of our global ocean and marine transportation component of the FreightWaves Global Supply Chain Week. I'll be your host of today's episode. My name is Steve Ferreira, and I'm CEO of Ocean Audit, a global ocean freight refund consultancy company in Hartford, Connecticut. Also the proud author of two upcoming books, Quitless, The Power of Persistence, and Navigating B2B, kind of a playoff of my Great Friday show on FreightWaves, which you can see me on Navigate B2B every Friday, 9.30 to 10 a.m. I'm really excited about today's show. You know, in the news lately, there's just been, I think actually somebody said over 3,000 containers have been lost at sea on misto's in the crazy container getting world that we live in today. Now, cargo overboard is not the only reason why cargo claims exist. However, in today's episode, the drama of cargo claims in the post-pandemic environment for global shippers really needs to be accentuated and focused on. If you've ever wondered why in this era of global e-commerce and one-click solutions, why cargo claims still remain a nightmare for beneficial cargo owners worldwide, You've come to the right session, because this session is all about the billions, that's right, billions, absorbed by cargo interest for damaged goods in transit and cargo claims. And my guest today is going to take us through a perfect voyage, you see what I did there, on how to take action to defend and protect yourself from these claims. And this person is one of the smartest people I know in the world, and I'm so pleased to welcome to the virtual stage Lena Yazatina from Recupex, and Lena comes to us all the way from Geneva, Switzerland. Lena, welcome to the global stage. Thank you so much, Steve. I am pleased to be with you at the show, and I am pleased to uh, serve your audience with tips, tricks, and insights, how they can protect themselves from the cargo damage. Well, no one knows this better than you, and as CEO and founder of Recupex in, um, in, in Europe, of course, our Europe, European friends are are very familiar with you, Lena. Um, for my global audience, uh, I know that you've served as the uh, counsel or Amer Amer um, general counsel or maritime attorney for one of the larger container shipping in the world, container shipping companies in the world for a number of years. You're a PhD. You're a, you're an attorney, and I think that um, you know we used to have a commercial here in the United States, you know, with a stock brokerage firm. When EF Hutton talks, people listen. Well, I think this should be when Lena talks, people listen. How's that sound? Perfect. Very good. Let's move <laughs> forward. <laughs> well, let's get into it. Let's talk a little bit about, um, I, I think that, you know, you know, you and I are, I think, kind of in some ways interrelated in our, in our work. Um, obviously, I don't do cargo claims in, in my ocean audit work. I do uh, refunds and recoveries when, when clients get overbilled. But in the same in the same genre, you know, you fulfill a very strong niche, and that niche is is really filled with. Forgive me for saying it like this. I think that you've brought so much professionalism into this niche on cargo claims, but I always thought of it as kind of like a world filled with, I don't know, snake oil sales or you know, kind of like just not really. You know, it's like you buy this uh, protection or you might think you're okay and then somebody tells you there's nothing they can do. And that's, I think, your introduction or my introduction to the session really speaks well in terms of the billions lost. But let's 
Let me ask you directly, because you are the number one expert here. Why have cargo claims gotten such a bad name in the industry? Thank you so much, Steve, for kicking off the session with uh, such a great question. Um, it is a paradoxical question, which you are actually asked, because 90% of everything we see was likely shipped by sea. And yet almost anyone who has ever suffered cargo damage in transit and tried to obtain compensation from a reliable carrier themselves can confirm this is a nightmare. And my, my personal answer is just because there are so many parties involved and oftentimes the blame for the damage is put on the weakest party in the transaction, which is BCOs. And um, of course, there are a lot of old and new misconceptions around the cargo claims, which is not true, but still some shippers deeply believe, such as if I claim cargo damages from the shipping lines, they might blacklist me. Or this shipping line never pays, that's why I don't even bother claiming. Or cargo insurance is the solution for cargo damage, right? So this is a combination of cause, why cargo claims have gotten such a bad name among the shippers globally. And Lita, do you feel, I had a conversation with a major importer, exporter in the last four or five hours today, and I was just talking with their offices in Europe and in Southeast Asia, and we were talking about um, points of responsibility, you know, within the cargo industry in terms of, let's say, what I do is refunds and checking on reconciliation of being overbilled. But do you find when it comes to cargo claims in general, now thinking about it from a BCO perspective, is there one typical person that might be written in their job description, manage cargo claims? And is that person typically in logistics. Could you comment on that? Well, to start with, um, I have to go back to my experience with the shipping line, where the most difficult part was to see how many shippers, exporters and importers globally don't know how to defend themselves when cargo is damaged in transit. No, I know, no, I know that. But, but let's it? talk about the the point of the point of uh, control. I mean, do you do you tend to find that maybe one of the reasons why that is deflected is that it's written into a logistics manager's description, and he or she just doesn't know what to do with it. I'm sorry, did you It's also it's also the reason. It's also the reason that cargo claims are being handled by so many parties, and when it goes very very bad, it uh, goes to CEO. Right, so there is rarely at the importer's uh, team uh, somebody responsible for the cargo claims. Very rarely, even today, even with a very big freight forwarders, uh, we can rarely see somebody designated to solve cargo uh, claims, to submit claims, to pursue them successfully. So sometimes it is import manager, sometimes it's logistic manager, sometimes CEO, uh, sometimes even a human resource. We noticed. So a little bit um, of everyone. And when everybody does this, so means there is a lack of quality and a lack of outcome. And what would you, if you had your, if you had your druthers, if you had your, uh, if you were writing the book on this, which I hope you will someday, which team member do you feel is best suited to deal with cargo claims within an organization? 
it is an import manager. Import manager or somebody designated from the import team. And why do you say that? Because they already control import cargo. So they have the necessary information, they have track and trace, they know when the vessel arrives, and this would allow them to step up in the claim process early on. And do you feel that in the, um, well, I'll skip that question now because I really want to start talking about the COVID area, but um, let's continue on that theme of what we just talked about on while cargo claims have gotten a bad name. And I totally agree with you. You know, I mean, I have seen, you know, you would think, right, in somebody that does what, you know, you do and I do, right, that it's cookie cutter, right, that I can go to the logistics manager and the controller and I can solve everyone's problem. But everything is so customized because each organization, as you succinctly said, solves this issue so differently, even to the point of human re human resources, right? Or what might a procurement guy be doing getting involved in cargo claims? So it's really, I think the issue is that you just don't know who to go to because each organization just tags somebody. Any more comment on that? Totally. <clears throat> And if we speak about freight forwarders side, so uh, it's always somewhere and uh, they prefer to be very nice to the shippers when it comes to sell freight. But when it comes to uh, cargo claims, majority of the freight forwarders, they prefer just to vanish <clears throat> or to suggest shipper not to pursue claims. If we speak about BCOs, so it's again, any and nobody. So it, as, <laughs> as long there is designated person in the organization to uh, pursue cargo claims, to submit cargo claims, uh, it is very vague. And that's where the, the losses also start to occur. You know, I, I kind of feel that, you know, one, one area that might up the game a little bit, right, with, with regards to cargo claims, and I'm not sure if it really fits appropriate, appropriately, but I kind of like the idea of moving it or slotting it over to perhaps uh, in the customs compliance end at a BCO, right? What's your take on that? Totally. I totally agree with you, Steve. And to start with, organizations have to look at the cargo claims as integral part of customer service, of customer experience, right? It's not enough to sell freight. It's not enough to ship goods. The question is, what do you do when the bad things happen? That's where exactly you leave memorable, long-lasting impression to your end clients. And as long as uh, uh, BCOs start to avoid this question or looking at the cargo claims handling as a, an expenses, we will not go anywhere from here. And we have tremendous examples to see where solving cargo claims proactively lead into long-lasting business relationships. Oh, listen, you're speaking to the choir here. You know, I did a study a few years ago, and uh, I updated every now and then. And um, I believe that just with, uh, for example, ocean freight overcharges, that BCOs and, and freight forwarders have lost, you know, five to seven billion dollars a year, right? And I would say that, you know, your estimate on losing billions, whether it's, you know, in one year or two years or just over a duration, let's put it this way. Cargo claims is definitely, you know, a billion dollar you know issue. I, I think, Lena, 
my humble opinion, and I'd like to get your thoughts on it. I think the issue is similar between what I do and you do, because I think that up until now, until people really knew about us and, you know, we're active on social media and we're getting the message out to our to our beautiful clients. But I think clients didn't have a good measuring display, right, of, for example, well, how much they overspent and what were the root cause of it and, and how are we going to remedy it? And if we remedy it, you know, which vendors or which situations typically caused it? Do you find the same exists in cargo claims where they just don't really track that stuff? It's such a negative experience. So a majority of BCOs just don't want to think about it because it's like, you know, sometimes I call it like venetic disease where uh, people attract and everybody is afraid or ashamed of speaking about this. And, um, but at the end of the year, when, you know, it comes to calculate losses, there is this sudden shock. How come so much? How come such a big uh, claim? Why did not we do anything? So then it's running after the time. It, it makes a lot of sense, you know, and, and, you know, while we're on the topic of, you know, those losses and helping the, the beneficial cargo owners and maybe freight forwarders to quanti quantify um, the type of money they're losing, what are some of the big areas where they do end up losing a lot of money? Are there any general areas that you could point the audience to that are just really, um, you know, profit drainers? Any any specific kind of genres? Right, right. So basically, there are three main areas where BCOs lose a, a lot of money. So first area, lack of loss prevention at the loading. And here we speak about proper cargo packing, stuffing, lashing inside container. It is not enough just to take watermelons and throw inside a reefer container, expecting uh, that uh, you uh, do your job part uh, well. Uh, and here it comes uh, to a lack of education or unwillingness to uh, upskill teams to explain them, okay, what are the good practices? to load this type of cargo in the container safely. How can we open vents? You know, how, you know, this specific um, way of uh, packing or stuffing can protect cargo in transit, right? The second area is inefficient evidence gathering practices at the discharge. So when a receiver receives damaged cargo, they don't usually collect sufficient photographic evidence. They don't take pictures. There is no link between the actual damage and the cause of the damage. And uh, after many months, they try to claim uh, losses. So, of course, it does not work this way. Uh, there are a lot of free tools on social media and the CUPEX. We give a lot of insights and tips how BCOs can free of charge uplift their game and protect themselves by gathering evidence in a better way. And the third area, which is the biggest out of all three, is its lack of follow-up. When BCO submits claim to the shipping line, they submit and forget. Sometimes they send, send random reminders, nasty reminder, 11 reminder, um, but it ends up there. You have to, totally you have to bear in mind that every cargo claim pushed into time bar by the shipping lines is a money saved for them. 
That's why 90% of all claims submitted to the shipping line becomes time barred every year. So you can imagine extent of losses BCOs suffer just because there is no proper, meaningful follow-up process in the place. And money is in a follow-up. Uh, looking back at my experience um, with the shipping line, uh, we never paid a claim at the first notification or at the second notification. So here, BCOs have to understand that money is in the follow-up. Totally understood. And Lena, as we start to navigate into our uh, our closing uh, session parts of our session today, one of the things I wanted to ask you is if you had to, um, like for example, if somebody said to me, Steve, you do ocean freight refunds, who is your biggest ally? Uh, who is your biggest supporter? You know, potentially within a, a BCO. And I think I'd have to answer the question in the way that, well, probably the logistics manager that just knows how wild invoicing is and just how surreal it is and they just can't keep up with it. Let me ask you the question. This will really I think this will really help our audience. So from your perspective, who would be the biggest ally you would have within an organization that could help promulgate some of these issues? Number 1 it's CFO. They are ah. this yes. It's always like this uh, because they understand firsthand how much organization lose due to unrecovered cargo claims. Regardless of cargo was insured or not insured, um, they, if damage is not recovered, BCOs still lose money. So um, number one, CFO. And if the session um, we have listeners, CFOs, I um, strongly encourage them to take action, to look in how do their supply chains look like. That's excellent. Lena, we have a few minutes left. I, I wanted to ask you before we, um, we, we, and I'd love to have you back on my Navigate B2B show to expand on this. But one question I have real quick is let's talk about uh, post-COVID. Um, do you see this as uh, uh, the wild west of cargo claims or do you see it as the wild worst of cargo claims? Meaning that are there plentif plentiful opportunities now to make some recoveries in this genre or should BCOs be looking at this um, when they normalize? It's not wild west anymore when uh, somebody with the strongest gun win. Uh, what we noticed uh, during COVID and now uh, as we're moving into post-COVID era um, is that BCOs understand the value and the losses they suffered due to undercovered losses from the cargo claims. And they are much more proactive by gathering evidence, uh, submitting documents to the shipping line and claiming their, their losses back. We also notice surge of uh, different claims being put forward by the BCOs, such as demurrage and detention claims. They claim maintenance and repair invoices back from the shipping lines. Uh, freight forwarders uh, started aggressively claiming abandoned cargo losses from the shipping lines as well. So this is a new trend, but uh, the one who will stay in the market for the years to come. Wow. 
Well, it just sounds like that there's, uh, you know, it is in some ways when I say the Wild West, I mean the fact that there's just this, such an expansion of opportunities. And you've covered so many well, so many well here for our audience, Lena. And I just wanted to say thank you for attending. And my global audience, you've been watching Lena Yazatina, CEO and founder of Recupex. I'm Steve Ferreira, CEO of Ocean Audit. And Lena, let me thank you from my bottom of my heart for coming on today. You did a great job, and I hope you join us again at Freight Waves. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Steve, for having me.